Hey, what's up, guys? This is Miguel. One, just wanted to remind you that Move On and I Need a Light are my two singles that are out right now, and they are on any streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, all those places. Uh, so if you have listened to it, thank you. And if you haven't, go check it out. Go to just the justthemiguel.com <laughs> or go hit the link in the podcast notes. Check it out. And again, if you guys dig it, uh, make sure you text somebody, make sure you email somebody, let them know about that song and to go check it out. And I got one more announcement for you as well. The Live and Create live event that was supposed to happen on October 3rd, I just wanted to announce that it is no longer happening. I needed to cancel that event, and I do apologize, but want to give you the heads up on that. You see, in my life, I've been on this journey of sculpting, really, of just trying to see what I can take away uh, from my life as opposed to add more and more. Because the reality is, is my personality... I love adding more and more things to do. I just like being busy, but busy often means you're unproductive and and frankly, unhealthy. Uh, So wrestling through that idea, I remember writing down, uh, Miguel, I know you're willing to do, uh, I know you're willing to do anything uh, to accomplish your goals, but are you willing to do the right thing? Uh, And I wrote that down because I started noticing in myself that I was willing to pile on, pile on and try all sorts of crazy things. Uh, instead of taking the time to really figure out what are the right things, the few right things I need to be focused on uh, that'll help me accomplish the goals that I have in front of me. Uh, That's one reason that there's no longer video to the podcast. Uh, I was spending almost about 20 hours a week uh, editing uh, podcasts and video on top of doing the full-time music thing and on top of my wife and I having a commercial cleaning company. Uh, And I was able, by switching to just audio only, uh, I was able to take that from about 20 hours a week to five to six hours a week. So a lot more manageable. I don't want to give up the podcast. Uh, I love these conversations and I know it has inspired and encouraged and challenged me in my own creativity and my own work and my own writing. And I hope it's doing the same for you. Uh, and again, that, I, that, that led me to see that this live event, I didn't have the bandwidth uh, to put behind it as I work for really the big goals that are coming up in 2022. As I'm in the studio recording new music, uh, meeting with different people about what it can look like in 2022 and uh, how I can really just take the music to the next level and the next step. But I'm realizing to do that, I have to do less uh, and, and ultimately, it's, I think it's going to help me accomplish the main things for me because for me, I'm, I'm trying to be focused on the idea of being mentally and physically healthy. I'm trying to focus on investing in my own family and then focus on the music uh, that I have that just seems to pour out of me no matter when, even if I try to stop it, it just keeps pouring out of me. So I'm figuring out how can I take that to the next level. And so with that, I encourage you, I encourage you, if you're a similar uh, personality of mine, as mine, uh, and you like to just pile on things, I encourage you to take some time and sit down and and start sculpting in your own life. Start taking away things to make it uh, more effective and more healthy. Uh, I hope that is an interesting journey. If you take that journey, uh, feel free to reach out to me too. I'd love to hear uh, some of the steps you're taking in that. Well, let's go ahead and get to the show. What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On today's episode, we have Courtney Turcott Bond. Courtney is a freelance writer, poet, and blogger, but she's had a dream to write a book since she was eight years old. 30 years later, that dream has finally become a reality with her debut novel, Breathtaking. When she is not writing or teaching, you can find Courtney running her cake pop business, Bond Bonds, singing along to every lyric at a concert or traveling the country. In this episode, Courtney shares her inspiring entrepreneurial journey with her cake pop business, motivated by the pure goal of paying off student loans. She also unpacks what it looked like for her to take yet another risky step into writing and publishing her first novel. That journey was sparked by one of her students who had cystic fibrosis named Madison. Madison had received a double lung transplant at the age of 13, which extended her life by another six years. Courtney aims to highlight life with cystic fibrosis and the power of organ donorship in her novel. Make sure you check out the links for her book in the podcast notes, and let's go to the episode because it's an awesome one. The Live and Create Podcast. 
out in Topeka, right? Is that, did yep. I know? Topeka, okay. Kansas. Yep. That's awesome. Um, I grew up in Junction City. Uh, oh, are you did familiar you? with that? Yeah. So, yeah. So Topeka is where we went when we wanted to go to the fancy restaurants is what growing up, it was like, you guys had red lobster and Olive Garden. So yeah. in, in my family, that was fancy. So, <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah, some people, cause they still don't have that even in Lawrence or, you know, Manhattan. So we'll get right. people from, from those towns to come over to red lobster or Olive Garden. So <laughs> yeah, we still have them on Wanamaker Road. So <laughs> those, those damn cheese biscuits. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> those things oh are, yeah those will get you but, but yeah I, grew up, I originally grew up in lawrence and then ohio and then came back to topeka so oh, okay but, right on so lawrence yeah. is a great town as well great music town great art oh, town yeah. yeah it's a it's a very surprised little town in kansas for anyone listening to the podcast if you ever want to check it out like yeah a very surprised little town <laughs> yeah it's it's just so cool and artsy and it's a great place so uh yeah i grew up there right next to the campus so um people used to we were so close people used to pay to uh park in our driveway for the basketball games <laughs> nice that, i have a friend who has a business plan in his brain just to buy up small places there in airbnb it just during football and basketball seasons uh oh, I was yeah, like, that would it's, be- it's a brilliant it's a brilliant plan i like it yeah that would make a ton of money so now, did you go, you said you were in Ohio, were you out there for school or were, was that part of like uh, a shift for you and career wise? Uh, no, I actually moved out there when I was 10. My dad got a job out in Dayton, Ohio. And so we moved out there and um, that's where I, you know, ended up going to high school and then college in Ohio as well. And then uh, I knew my husband actually from when I was growing up in Lawrence. And so that's, we kind of remet as adults and that's what brought me back out to Kansas. So that's awesome. You know, kind of reconnected and, and came back to the roots and went to the bigger yeah. city with the better restaurants. What, that's that right. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'll come back now that I'm a city girl. I'll come back only if there's an Olive Garden and a uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> well, and growing up, since you grew up a little bit in a small town in Kansas, like I'm, I am not shitting you. It was like all the time there was rumors that in our little town of like 20,000 people, we were going to get an Olive Garden. Like it's, it's just nuts to me because now I think of like fancy restaurants as like Capitol Grill or something like that where, right. you know, like, you know, a place I can afford to eat, you know, once every five years. And uh, but man, I we get so excited. I don't know if Lawrence had the same vibe or you guys just had so much art. You didn't you didn't care. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Now for you, I know you do, uh, entrepreneur, you're, you're in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, you mm-hmm. have your own business. Uh, and then also, which in, in reality, as you were saying, uh, you also write books, which being in the literary world, being in the arts world is I think mm-hmm. one of the most extensive, like journeys of entrepreneurship, honestly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I did, I was reading though. Are you, you are also a teacher as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been a full-time English teacher, high school English teacher for the last 17 years. I just finished up year 17. Uh, so yeah, we do that. And my husband's also a teacher, but, uh, nice. we have time in the summer to, uh, explore other options and stuff. But I, I mean, my writing and my, my business, my bonbons business is year round, um, as well, but, but yeah, our, um, my bonbons business actually helped us get out of our debt. And so that's that's really why I started it. And, um, yeah, there's just a whole cool journey with all of that. So did the bonbons come before the writing for you? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So with my, my cake pop business, um, that was kind of a funny deal because I had, I mean, I did not grow up cooking or baking. I have no culinary experience. Uh, but we were drowning in student loan debt and we had to do something, you know, teachers don't make a ton of money. So, um, I remember like several people kind of reached out to me about selling stuff on the side. And, um, I don't know. I just feel, I feel like when I have a friend that starts selling Mary Kay or they start selling Arbon or, you know, something like that, that they just turn, they're just kind of different. They treat people differently. It's almost like, are you only talking to me because you want me to buy something? And I just didn't want to 
be one of those people. And so I feel like I get I get a little apprehensive when I see a friend start like a new MLM thing. I'm like, oh no, are we still going to be cool after this? Because I, I, I don't know yeah, if I. Still yeah, I know. Because I feel the same way. Or, you know, like you'll have somebody that you haven't talked to since you were in high school or something. And then all of a sudden they reach out to you and they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. So Yeah, you yeah, always just, know. It's like, hey, I want to catch up. It's been 20 years, bro. Like, seriously? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't seem, the route for you, right? You, no. You and it, it didn't seem, different. you know, it's not genuine. I don't feel like it. And I didn't want to be that person. And, um, and I do have some friends who do it that are rocking it and, you know, they're great and they're not really pushy, but, uh, which is funny because those are the ones I tend to buy from more are the ones who aren't pushy, but yeah. So I, um, uh, actually had gone to a high school reunion, um, gosh, when was this now? Um, it was a while ago. I think it was like my 10 year reunion. So it was like 2010. And, uh, this friend of mine, his wife had started a cake pop business. And at this time, Starbucks wasn't selling cake pop shit or anything. Like I didn't even know what a cake pop was. And so she's telling me about it. And I, um, just thought like, okay, you know, that's cool. I didn't really think much about it. Well, then later I thought, you know, I, I'm going to try to make one of those. And I started making them and would just kind of make them for fun. And I would sell in my school would have these little vendor events where teachers who have businesses could come and sell whatever, you know, whatever they make or, or do. And so I was selling these little, at, at that time, they were just little cake balls. And so I uh, sold some there and this one lady loved them and called me about a month later and asked if I would cater her Christmas party. And that would have been the very end of 2013. Okay. And so I, I mean, I didn't have a name for the business or anything, you know, I just did it for fun. And when she asked me to do that, I was like, I bet I could make a business out of this. And so I talked to my husband about it, did a bunch of research, um, got a logo, everything and, uh, started it up in January of 2014. And we paid off $82,000 in student loan debt in about just a little over three years after that. That is amazing, especially like do you were a teacher at the same time launching a mm -hmm. business to pay off that much. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And let everyone know what's the name of the business. Yeah. So it's called Bond Bonds, B-O-N-D, B-O-N-S, because my last name is Bond. Uh, and it's funny because my dad is not creative at all. And he's the one who came up with that name. You know, we we're trying to think of, of names to call it. And so I had a, a friend who was a graphic design major at the time and, um, or I think he was doing graphic design work and he was too busy to make the logo, but he was like, yeah, there's a girl who's a KU student. And, uh, he goes, she may make it for you for free. And she did. She was like, as long as I can add this to my portfolio. So I was like nice. done. And so we kind of went back and forth for a couple of weeks. She made the logo for me and I put it out on Facebook. Um, and the first month, so I launched it in January of 2014, really with the idea of, um, getting ready for Valentine's day. And so I, I had a lot of great support from friends and family, just buying it at first. And I, I remember telling my husband, like, I don't think anybody's going to buy this after Valentine's day. Like this may just be a seasonal thing. And people kept placing orders and it just like kind of spun out of control from there. So it was really fun. Cause at first I was just doing the basic stuff and I think I only had four flavors and then I just kept expanding it and, and started doing the actual cake pops on the stick. Um, and people would just write me and say like, Hey, can you make, can you make one that looks like a giraffe or can you make one that looks like a softball or whatever? And so the, um, customers really started, expanding my portfolio for me. And so they would come up with the ideas and I'd be like, I don't know, I'll try it. And then the more I kept posting on Instagram and Facebook, I mean, it just kind of blew up. And so it was just this crazy thing. Um, and yeah, and I'm still doing it today. And now that we're out of debt, that's really our, um, our fun money. It's what pays for our kids, summer activities and our vacations and investments. And, and things like that. So it's really been life-changing for us. That's awesome. So uh, as you started that, that you had this three-year period where you launch it and you pay off all that debt. Uh, what what did the hours look like for you? So like, <laughs> oh what, did a, what did a day or a week look like for you and your husband as you were launching this thing? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, you mean like when I'm 
when we were first launching it before yeah, it really like started. Right during that heyday, like really during that season, even if it's just like an overview, mainly the, the question comes from uh, like someone, if they're listening, like uh, we have a lot of listeners who are either launching out in music or business, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can have that perspective of like, okay, this is the kind of real work that goes yeah. behind making 80 grand extra <laughs> in launching <laughs> launching a, a business from scratch. So I, I just love for you to pull, really just if you could pull back the curtain and, and, and show like, hey, this is the, the real work behind this. Yeah. So I, it's funny. Sometimes I, even though I'm such a planner by nature, sometimes I will just jump into things without really knowing what I'm doing. And that's really what I did with this. Um, so I remember it took so much time, um, even just finding boxes that fit. Cause you know, you sell them by the dozen. And I remember thinking like when I, when, um, somebody placed the first order, I think they bought four dozen from me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to package these? Like, I didn't even think about that at first. And so I remember like going around town, going to stores like Hobby Lobby and Michael's and trying to find these boxes that were also food safe and how much time that took to figure out what was the perfect size for a dozen. And I mean, you waste so much money in the beginning of a business because you are figuring those things out. And then you've got to start up like, I had to have a way to tie it. And then I needed like some, some business cards and all of that stuff and the design of it. And yeah, it was just crazy. So I kind of launched it before really being ready. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, it was really stressful at first, that first month when I was figuring things out. But, um, yeah, I think once you get into that groove, like, I feel like I didn't even get into a real groove either for like a year or two, like just even knowing my time, like, okay, Mm -hmm. this person wants 20 dozen bonbons. How many hours is that going to take me to make that? Or like, I finally figured out how to do it in layers. So like, okay, I have a week to get this done this day I'm going to prep you know, this stuff and this day I'm going to roll them all and this day I'm going to dip them all and this day I'm going to package them all. So yeah, like really getting in that groove where I understood my time or like, you know, I was so desperate for money during those years too. When I first started, it was like, I'll take any order. Like, I don't care how booked I am. Like, I don't care if I'm getting four hours of sleep a night, like I'll take any order. And so, um, yeah, just also knowing like, oh, wait, I really should have been booked too. That just took a lot of time to, to really gauge and, and get a, a hang of it, you know? So, right. So it sounds like just wrestling through all the details, the, the overarching pieces, like I imagine how much time that could soak up for you. Uh, it, yeah. you had said something in there, like starting before you're ready though. And I feel like that's excuse me i feel like that's such a key piece though for entrepreneurs because i i've seen people work on business plans for years but never launch their business i've seen artists you know especially in my world at the music world i've seen people work on albums for you know four to five years and then eventually never even release it and it's it's like at some point you just have to jump out there because you're not even going to know like all like you wouldn't have known what what (laughs) right bow tie or, or, you know, right tie to put around the box or the right boxes. Like you said, food safe box. Like if I launched it, I didn't even know there's unsafe, like for boxes. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like, I don't know the, there was a former guest, a guy named Keelan Donovan songwriter. And I was asking him, he's very, very successful guy at this point in his career. And, and he was like, yeah, I guess I was just kind of stupid enough to think I could do it in the beginning. <laughs> and he said, but by <laughs> by moving forward in that, like I discovered all the things I needed to learn and finding out like, yeah. oh, I still had a lot to learn. So that that's yeah. cool. I think that's a great point too. Like, like sometimes you just have to you have to do it, even though you don't know what you're doing. Um, I think that is really important just actually doing it and, and not being those people who have the plan and they, they, they did do everything right, but then they never launched anything. Cause when you do go in and jump in, it forces you to learn and you may learn the hard way. And I mean, just for instance, like another friend of mine who placed an order, like in my very first month, um, I, I think she ordered two dozen, uh, bonbons and I packaged them together. And she was like, 
I was going to give those to two different people that I like, I was going to give one dozen to someone and one dozen to somebody else. And I was just like, I didn't even think to ask that. Like, so right. now I just know you just learn those things the hard way. And I know like, okay, I, I need to ask these things like, Hey, would you like me to practice those together? Or do you want them separate? And, um, yeah, it's funny. Cause like now I do weddings all the time. I was in a really nice restaurant, nicer than red lobster, um, <laughs> a really nice restaurant for a while. They used to get coming me, up in the um, world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, it. They used to have it be, it was called the last bite of the dinner. It was just like, a, you know, like, well, when you go to Olive Garden, you get those complimentary mints. This, they would give people a little complimentary bonbon at the end of the uh, dinner. So, I mean, things like that, like I would do that. I started doing fundraisers, um, like for big companies in Topeka. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think what else. I, it's, it's just crazy. Some of the stuff that I've done, but that stuff didn't really start until I had done it for a year or two. And if you would have told me that first month when I was just like scrambling, trying to make things work, I would have been like, there's no way. And then the fact that it just exploded, but it took me a couple of years to get there. Um, you know, I think that patience is really important too. not expecting things to happen immediately. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's given me opportunities and done so many crazy things that I would have never imagined. So it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Well, uh, listener, if you're listening, you got that dream. You just got to start, you got to get out there and start taking that step. And I, I know I did the, the same process, like getting in the music world. I remember the first time the band I had back in college, we got booked for <laughs> a four hour gig. We had never played a four hour gig. I had never had. Uh, and I thought you had to literally play for four hours straight. And so we <laughs> went up there and we played from nine o'clock all the way till one in the morning and never stopped like for four straight hours. And I thought we were going to fall over at the end. And then oh, yeah. uh, uh, our bass player, his dad, who's been doing professional music for years, he came to see us and uh, he told us after the show, he's like, hey, you do know that everyone takes breaks during those four hour gigs. And I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You, you take take a good 15 minute break every hour. I'm like, oh my God, that would have been so much better. <laughs> like just, you know, all those little things you'll just never know until you cross that that road. Yep. Now yeah. in and the I, midst oh go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, and it's scary. It's I mean, fear controls so many people. That's why people don't do certain things. So when you jump into this unknown, I mean, it is really scary, but um, yeah, I just, and that, that was the same with my writing too. There were so many things that I just didn't know until I started doing it. And I don't think anybody will ever know until they just jump in. I mean, you could do all the research in the world and that can help, but until you just start doing it yourself, that's, I mean, you just have to learn the hard way with a lot of things. So, right. Well, and that's true. The, the fear piece, uh, last week I did my first uh, open water swim. I'm, I'm getting ready for an Ironman right now. And I've been training in the pool for a while. So like I put some time in, but everyone I talk to, they're like, when you swim out in the, in where you can't, there's nowhere, like if you're out there, you can't put your feet down. Like you're going to yeah. feel like you're ground. Um, and I was scared to death. And I remember telling oh, my wife bet. before leaving, I was like, I haven't been scared to death about something in a very long time. Like I literally, like I couldn't eat because I was just <sighs> sick. I was like, what's going to happen? And, uh, but it, it was that moment where what you're talking about, like I, it made me process like all the things in my life. What are those things I'm still fear, fearful of and just stepping out and eventually went to the water. I panicked. I've like, I got about 200 yards out, panicked, freaked out, couldn't breathe. <laughs> Found, oh my gosh. I got back to the shore, calmed down and then spent the rest of the hour swimming and I was fine. It's like, I got through it. But yeah, that processing of facing that fear, it, it just made me think like throughout my day, throughout my career, uh, what are the things that are still, where's, where's a fear holding me back still? And how do I just step, step into it? Even down to like booking or calling. Like sometimes I hate calling people where I actually yep. just put in the number and I press dial mm -hmm. before I can think about what I'm even going to say at this point, because it's <laughs> like, I'm just going to overthink it. Just fucking do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it is, it is crazy. Like little, sometimes it is just a simple thing like that, but yeah, it really controls our lives. So yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't know how you make that better or, um, anything, but yeah, it's I just... think it's it's kind of that same thing. Like, you know, for me is I was fearful of that. So I needed to get in the water, you know, and like for uh -huh. you, you were fearful of taking those steps and 
and you just did it. You just started saying yes to things that, that at least here in your story, it's like, it sounded like every step of the way you're like, I don't know. And then you just <laughs> yes. did it and you, you figured it out. Like to me, I think that's a big piece at least of conquering the fear. Uh, are there any other tools for you when you look at fear as it comes your way as a, as a creative, uh, as an entrepreneur that you feel like a tool that you use to overcome that fear? Oh, um, Gosh, I don't know, other than just jumping in, because I remember like, so kind of shifting gears to my writing. Um, I remember having somebody and I'm sure as a musician, you might feel this way, too, sometimes, but having somebody read my book for the first time. And th this is still when it was like in its early stages. So this would have been like, you know, the first person to read it to tell me, you know, what do I need to change or whatever. And I just thought, I mean, I almost backed out and was like, just kidding. I'm not going to, I'm not going to publish this book. Like, <laughs> uh, like I, I felt physically sick, um, yes. because it's such a part of you. And it was something I worked on for two years and mm. to let somebody else see that. And it's, you're so vulnerable. Um, but I think just looking at the goal, like, like, okay, the goal is to get this out and to you know, be a published author to spread awareness. Like my, um, my book really focuses on, um, the importance of organ donation and, you know, just like looking at that end goal and just getting through it. Um, but yeah, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't know that I know the answer to that. <laughs> or maybe it is just for you, the diving in, uh, yeah. Yeah, and for me, honestly, I think as I, I, I don't know if I've processed that question directly, like the tools, but I would say as I think about it right now and thinking out loud that it's really, it really is the jumping in piece. The only time I've, I feel like I've conquered anything like that is just, mm -hmm. just do it. Just step out and it's going to suck. Like I used to teach privately and I would tell students all the time when they're getting discouraged, it's like all of us sucked when we started. It's okay. Yeah. Like you're not going to suck. You, well, you'll suck less in a year and you'll suck less than <laughs> yeah. you know, in two years if, if you stay with it and do the work. <clears throat> now the yeah. writing where did that, you know, so it's one, I'm just imagining the insanity of your life teaching and I have <laughs> friends who are teachers and how intense of a job that can be. Um, and then yeah. you add this, this successful growing, thriving business, um, mm -hmm. of selling cake, cake pops. And, and then somewhere in there, you decide I'm going to also take on another really hard endeavor that most people like are fearful of doing. <laughs> You jump into this. Where where did you decide, uh, and what made you decide to start writing? Yeah, so I had wanted to be an author since I was little, like eight years old, and um, didn't really pursue a ton of writing. But um, I had started blogging um, kind of during the journey when we were trying to get out of debt, uh, and I would blog about other things, but. I think that was really finally like me being able to get out my writing and I, and I was able to start my blog during the summer when I had more time and my, my kids are older too. Like I, I remember somebody asked me, I saw a friend of mine uh, the other day and they have two little kids, like three and five or something. And they asked me like, I don't understand how you do all this stuff. I'm like, well, I didn't do this stuff when my kids were that little, you know, right. they were, you know, grown or, or, you know, I mean, they're old enough that they're pretty independent. So, or I could do things when they went to bed or whatever. And, and I think having that summer, the summertime really, really helps to, um, really dive into some of these other adventures. But anyway, so I started blogging and that was really a creative outlet for me. But I also started uh, with the blog, I would write about our debt-free journey like uh, every month. And that was kind of an accountability thing for me. I would make it public and have people see like, oh, this is where they're at. This is how much debt they have left. And this is what they did the last month to to make the extra money. Um, so anyway, so I started blogging and um, somebody actually started reading my blog and they approached me, they, they owned a uh, small publishing company and they approached me about writing for them because they liked my, my writing style and everything. And so, um, anyway, kind of a long story short, I started working on a different, um, book for them than, than what I ended up publishing. And, uh, I was just having a lot of writer's block with that. It wasn't really going anywhere. I couldn't figure out how I wanted it to end. And then I started working with a student who had uh, cystic fibrosis and that is a genetic disease that affects your lungs. Um, 
it's much better now for, for people, but I mean, the life expectancy is pretty short. Uh, we're, I mean, typically I think like the average now is maybe in the late thirties, um, for, for people with cystic fibrosis, but, um, just, oh my gosh, just like 15 years ago, it was probably like 18, 20. So it wasn't uh, very long at all. So anyway, um, another thing I was doing to help us get out out of debt was I would work, um, in the evenings or on weekends with these students who, uh, were homebound at the time. And then of course this is all before zoom and when kids could just like, you know, join class remotely from home. So I was kind of this in between and I was working with this girl with cystic fibrosis who was just amazing. Her name was Madison and she just had the most incredible story. And she had received a double lung transplant, which uh, she would have not even seen her 13th birthday because she was just so sick Hmm. with um, cystic fibrosis. But she luckily received a double lung transplant when she was 12. And that ended up giving her an extra six years of life. And sadly, she passed away when she was um, 18. And that was, uh, at the end of 2018. So anyway, her story just really fascinated me and I shifted gears and I was like, you know what, I'm going to write a different book. And it's not Madison's story, but it's very much inspired by her story. And so my purpose really shifted. It went from just being a published author to really being this advocate for cystic fibrosis, which still does not have a cure and, um, the importance of organ donation, because if, if she wouldn't have received her organ donation, I would have never met this girl that really changed my life. And so, so yeah, so with that, it, my purpose changed and it wasn't, you know, it was more about, um, spreading awareness, honoring Madison and all of that. So, and that's really interesting because you describing like as an artist having this block uh for you but it it sounds like finally having that purpose and that goal would you say that's what unlocked that block for you yeah that and um you know with storytelling at least for me like I think you have to initially have your, your point A and your point B, like you, you have to have that ending of the story. I do know some authors who don't have the it's like a whole adventure mind. for them as they go. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, and that is interesting. When I did start writing fiction, it is funny how much the, the story itself kind of overtakes you and the, like certain chapters would go a completely different way than I thought that they were going to go. So yeah, the writing kind of has a life of its own, but I couldn't do that. Like i I needed to know the ending um, so that everything else would make sense as I was leading up to that. And I didn't have that with my initial book. And with my novel, Breathtaking, I like, it was when I was still working with Madison, she was still living, like this whole storyline like popped into my head and I knew right away, like, this is my point A, this is my point B. And um, it was so much easier for me to get the writing out because I knew where I was going. So that was huge for me. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the, my uh, previous guests, her, her episode hasn't dropped yet. I think it drops next week. Uh, Kayla Ankrum, she does young adult uh, novels and she was describing it as she, I forget what she talked, what she labeled the free form uh, idea where you just start with like some characters and you go, but she was like, that's not me. She was like, some people do it really well. And she, she calls herself, uh, an architect. And so she, Mm. she puts out the full like design and she said, that's where filling in the gaps as she goes and writing. And, and I I love that perspective because me as a songwriter, now that's one thing, like I can write a song in an hour. There's no, no way you guys could create your craft (laughs) in an hour. Um, but like it, it gave me some, some good perspective of like a lot of times I just sit with a guitar and and start to emote and then begin to craft Mm -hmm. and shape. Uh, But there's been times I had a very clear purpose, almost that architecture kind of perspective. And it sounds like that's where you're, you're probably more geared that way. And it was an interesting exercise for me, even as a songwriter to say, Hey, this is where I want it to go. Now let's figure out the pieces that fit. And uh, in a way it, it felt more focused and, in that process. Mm. So I enjoyed switching it up a bit. Yeah. And kind of to go back to your last question too, I think definitely having the purpose, um, sped things up too. And and Madison actually passed away when I was in the middle of writing the book. Mm. And, um, I remember like at first I was kind of 
kind of dragging my feet. I mean, I had a lot going on with other things. And, um, and so like the writing was just always on the back burner. Um, so it was like, I would write if I had time or, or whatever, but, um, when she passed away, I, I was just kicking myself. Cause I remember thinking like, I just assumed I had more time and that I would finish this book and she would get to read it someday. And, and she knew I was writing it too. Um, and so that really kicked it into gear for me where I was like, nope, I, I have to get this done now. And so I just set a goal. Like I think with entrepreneurs too, and like for me, goal setting is huge. And so like, even with bonbons, like sometimes I'll be like, okay, I need this. I need to have this amount in sales this month and, you know, do whatever I need to do to get there. And, um, for the book, I finally told myself, okay, you need to write 500 words a day. And I did that, um, during the school year. And then when summer hit, I wrote a thousand words a day and there were a few days where I didn't quite hit that goal. And it may have only been, um, a few hundred words, but it was like, I, I still got somewhere. I still made a little bit more progress, but, uh, but yeah, like I finished the the book after Madison passed away in eight months. And before I was only about 25% done. And that, I think it was like 14 months or so that I had only written 25% of it. And I finished the other 75% in eight months. And so, um, yeah, so that, that really helped with everything. And I, I didn't want to get too far away from her death from publishing it. Like I still wanted it to be something like people remembered her, you know, not that anybody would ever forget her, but I wanted it to be, um, closer to, to when she was still living. And so that really, that really helped me complete it. And what's amazing is now that book will continue to make her story known. Like you said, it's, it's inspired by it. Uh, not necessarily Mm -hmm. her story, but no doubt it'll continue to make that story known. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's such a, a powerful perspective of, of goals in general, you know, and I've been wrestling through that. It, it's inspiring me very, it's a very personal thing right now. Cause as I was explaining to you, uh, it's probably not in the podcast as we were first talking where it's like the whole world <laughs> opening up and the music world coming back. It's yeah. like there's certain, certain goals where it's like, I need to know exactly what I'm doing. Cause it's, it's easy just to, to like, just slough off and say, Oh, I don't want to do it. We're like the, the physical journey for me has been a big focus over the COVID thing. And we're like, I know, like I, I had a five and a half hour run on Saturday. Cause I know I'm going to be running for 12 hours in July. And so it's like, yeah. I have to do that thing. And I had margaritas mm-hmm. the night before, which was a dumb, Uh-oh. dumb mistake. <laughs> and, uh, but I still pushed through and it was rough, but I knew I had to do it because I knew I wouldn't be ready for the next thing. And so I've been processing mm-hmm. that, like even in my own personal goals, and business goals, like what are those things that almost the insurmountable goals, uh, where I have to do those each steps. Like you said, the 500 words every day is going to get me mm-hmm. in eight months to this piece. Um, are you familiar with, uh, it's, it's nonfiction, but, uh, author named Jim Collins, uh, good to great, great by choice are two of his big books. I don't all. think so. Well, and they basically, they, they study like fortune 500 companies, uh, and then they whittled it down to the top like 15 within the fortune 500 companies. Okay. And then they, then they spent years, him and a team just dismantling every little piece, doing interviews with all the CEOs and all the like C-suite people. And yeah, just distilling what made them better than everybody else. Yeah. And one of the biggest things they found it's in his book, great by choice. There's it's both books are amazing and very helpful uh, for entrepreneurs, but they break down this idea of the 20 mile March is what they called it. And they, they mm. used it, um, looking at like a race in the North pole, they used it as the story. Uh, but then they showed the details, how every company who was successful, they had a three to five year, like every day, 20 mile March, essentially, these are the things we're going to do each and every single day to make it happen. Wow. I, I heard that in your story where you, you seem to latch onto that and, and creating great things out of it. That's awesome. Oh, wow. That's, um, that's really interesting, but yeah, that's what they all had in common. So yeah, yeah, that was one of the things in leadership and I won't go into all those. So if you ever get a chance to read them and listener, if, yeah. you, if you want to check them out, definitely check them out there. It's actually a book. I reread, uh, both of them. I probably reread them several times throughout and, uh, so many practical steps and practical tools. 
Um, but but yeah, that's that's an inspiring thing to hear how her story. Um, what was the the young girl's name? I, I'm blanking. Her name was Madison. Madison, how her story inspired you to keep keep creating and doing that, and a great picture of your process in the midst of that. Um, so, and when did that book come out? So the ebook and the the paperback came out in September 2020, and then the audiobook just came out uh, last month in May. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So it's ready to go. And now are you already working on your next book? Is that you got a new goal set there? <laughs> so what the plan is right now, um, there's been a little, a few uh, road bumps with this one, but uh, the plan is to actually write the um, kind of a shorter biography of Madison's life. And then also her organ donor, um, uh, whose name was Alex. He was also a senior in high school and he passed away from a freak accident. Um, and, uh, he lived down in Mississippi. And, and so, um, her family has become very close with Alex's family. Uh, and I was able to interview both, um, both families to kind of give me more ideas and insight for my novel. So, uh, I really wanted, would like to do a biography on both of their lives. So people can see like the real life story of these amazing kids who inspired my novel. So, um, that of course is very dependent on who I can talk to with interviews and things like that. So, uh, but that's the plan for, for the summer, um, is to start working on that. But, uh, so yeah, that's going to be hard with the, the goal setting. Cause it's not just me <laughs> this time. So, um, but that is, yeah, that is tougher. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, I have lots of other things that I'd like to do. I have some nonfiction stuff. I actually would like to kind of document our, our journey of getting out of debt and give some um, kind of like a financial advice book. Like these are things that you can do and this is what you can cut out of your life to make these goals and just things like that. Um, just some practical tips. Um, I write poetry too. So yeah, I've I was seeing about that on your Instagram too. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have a, a good friend from college who is the most amazing photographer. And so a lot of times I'll use her pictures, um, as a backdrop for my poetry. So kind of talked to her about doing almost like a coffee table type poetry book with the, the photography. So that's some kind of fun I'd like to do. So, um, so yeah, I have lots of, lots of ideas, um, within the writing world that I would like to accomplish. Now, um, I got about three more questions left for you. Uh, okay. out, out of that, um, I, I'm just curious. So you you have these multiple things in multiple realms. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You approach it in seasons, like during summer. I'm going to do this because I'm I'm not teaching during the day. Um, do you approach it like weekly? Like, what does it look like to accomplish those vastly different things at the same time for you? What What are some of the critical things for you? Yeah, sometimes um, summertime is where I'll I'll try to do more stuff. So like um, last summer, well, and that was nice because with COVID too. I mean, like my kids weren't going to camps and everything like they normally are, so I wasn't driving around as much. But um, like when I made the decision, so when I said the writing part, it's really like owning a business. Um, I, I, when I made the decision to publish, uh, when I did, I knew like, okay, I've got the summer, everything's canceled, like let's go. And so I literally last summer, all I really did was work on the publishing part of the book and the launching of the book, like every day, sun up to sundown, sundown, that's pretty much all I did. Cause then I knew I had the time to do that. So sometimes that happens, but I would say the key for me, cause I mean, just being really busy, being a teacher, a mom, a wife, um, small business owner, writer is multitasking like, and, and time management. So there, I, there are very few moments in the day where I'm just sitting or, you know, lounging and just not doing anything. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, so for instance, like when I was researching or needing to research certain things in, in the writing world, I would maybe listen to a podcast while I was working on bonbons. So that way I could nice. do two things at once, you know, or, um, 
I don't know. Like I'm just, I I'm always trying to do, be very mindful of my time. And, um, you know, it helps that I have a supportive husband too, that, um, will help with things. And, and, and my kids too, they're, they're old enough that the, now that they can help with certain things with bonbons. So like my son always puts the boxes together and, um, uh, my awesome. husband usually makes the cake mixes for me and that kind of stuff. So, uh, so it's not just me, but, but yeah, just really being mindful of time. Um, and, and being able to multitask is huge. That's awesome. Well, the last two questions based off the the whole concept of the podcast is live and create. And so mm-hmm. uh, the first question out of that is how would you define right now living a great life? Who? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, one thing that this whole process with writing the novel taught me is, um, trying to live more in the moment. And that's definitely a theme of the book as well, because with, um, and I know that sounds cliche, like, you know, seize the day and all that stuff, carpe diem. Uh, but like I said, with my story, I just always assumed I had more time. Like Madison, sometimes she would get sick and have to go to the hospital, but she would always get better. And so I was just like, Oh, you know, she's, she's going to get better. She'll be around. Um, and then when she got really sick again, that last time, and I realized, okay, she's not going to get better this time. It was Mm. like, like I said, I was just kicking myself. Like, you know, you could have gotten this done earlier. You could have focused on this more whatever. And, and so, um, just really, taking advantage of those opportunities when you have the chance. And so, uh, I've really tried to live like that since she passed away in 2018. And so, uh, just things like, um, my daughter has, um, an opportunity. She'll be in high school next year and her school, they have this opportunity for us to, or for the students to travel to Rome over spring break. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to Rome. Like we're going to do that. Like I will sell more bonbons if we need to and raise the money to go to Rome because, you know, it's only every other year. And, um, I, I remember thinking like, at first I was like, Oh, we probably should wait two years. Like when she's a junior to go, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have the opportunity in two years, you know? Hmm. So why wouldn't I just do it now? So I think just doing what you can, um, when you can, I mean, and not to the point, I mean, you still have to be smart about stuff. So right. I'm not saying like, <laughs> just can't go, go to Rome and, every weekend. Right. <laughs> kind of and, thing, but you know, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And definitely don't like do stuff if you can't afford to do that. But yeah, just, I think that has really changed my life and has made me appreciate those, those moments. So, um, I think that's what makes a great life, like doing what you can doing these opportunities, getting outside of your comfort zone, um, new experiences, traveling and, and, but really appreciating that moment when you are experiencing that too, and living in that moment. That's, that's a great encouragement, a great reminder. I think a lot of artists, a lot of entrepreneurs, it's easy for us to forget that one. At least I know for Mm -hmm. myself and in a lot of these conversations, that's where a lot of people are learning. Even over the last year where a lot of people in my industry uh, had nothing to do (laughs) Uh, and and finally learning all the things that they are missing uh, while we were all running like 18 hours a day and kind of going crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, even for me, like I've I have four kids and our oldest we're we're trying to wrap our brains around because next year he's in college and he's gone oh my gosh and I swear to god he was just five years old you know yeah. and and so it, it's really made me look our youngest is seven and and really made me think through like oh damn where where are the places that I was missing I like it sucks you can't mm. get that time back but how do you yeah. leverage those moments how do you leverage the moments uh with him while he's here and and celebrate that too and yeah, that's a great reminder. That's awesome. And that's cool to hear you applying it. Even the picture of your family uh, doing the business together and doing the bonbons <laughs> together. Uh, that's a that's a beautiful picture of what it could look like. And you're building something great, um, providing well for your family, but at the same time involving them in it. Uh, I love it. That's awesome. All right. So last question. How would you define creating great things right now in your life? Personally, for me? Yes, for you personally. Um, so I think I'd probably apply this most to when I write poetry, which I don't do as often as I would like, but, um, 
I know when I write something that, you know, it's worthy for me to maybe put out on my Instagram or something like that. Um, there's just something special about that, like creating this, this piece, uh, and, and putting it out there for other people to connect to and enjoy. Uh, that's been, that's been really fun for me. So, um, yeah, just something that it's a little part of you and, you know, twisting words or, um, making an image in someone else's mind with, with your words. That's just, um, I think a powerful thing to do that connects to people. That's awesome. Well, let everyone know how they can find you, how they can, uh, order. Do you ship as well with your cake pops? Or is it more locally oh, based? Not usually. Yeah, it's usually just local. So that okay. well, that's one thing. I, do, I don't have the time to go and ship. Gotcha. <laughs> all the time. Gotcha. Okay. So, no, understandable. You know your limits. But uh, but yeah, let them know how they can connect with you if they're in the area to get some cake pops, but also how they can connect with your writing and, and your uh, poetry and all those things. Yeah, thank you. So um, Instagram or Facebook the, for Bon Bonds, um, it's just... B-O-N-D, B-O-N-S. Um, and I also have a website, bonbons.com. And then for my writing, um, gosh, it's a lot of places. So um, most people get it if they're not local um, on Amazon. So you can get the ebook, the uh, audiobook, the uh, paperback, all that's available on Amazon, but it's also through Barnes and Noble. It's, um, I'm trying to think with the, uh, it's, uh, let's see, it's on Audible, it's on Apple. So iTunes, Hoopla, if you do that through your library, you can get it that way. So, but yeah, my Instagram for my author page is just, um, at Courtney Turcott Bond. And then I have a website, Courtney Turcott Bond.com, uh, Facebook page, all of that stuff too. So yeah. Awesome. And all those links will be in the notes for you guys to check out for her Instagram and the, the website as well. So thank you so much for making the time. Thank you for sharing your story and the stories that inspire you. That was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.